Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia sports podcast. I'm Owen Warden, the sports editor at the Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, I'll talk to Red and Black sports reporters to get the pulse of UGA athletics straight from the source. This week, we'll look at how Georgia basketball has performed in recent weeks and take a look at UGA hockey, coming off the team's recent appearance in the College Hockey South Championship. But first, we'll welcome on Georgia basketball beat writer Virginia Miller to discuss Georgia basketball's past few weeks. Welcome on, Virginia. Hey, guys. Happy to be back. Maybe oh, sad topic, but... Yeah, I unfortunately, the last time you were here, the men's team was doing a lot better, um, and the women's team was kind of right where they still are. Unfortunately, the men's team has started to kind of also decline. Um, but before we can even get to that decline, the good news is the women's team got a win in the last time yes. we talked. Um, they got a win over Kentucky. Um, it was a fun time. Of course, the, the it didn't last long because they lost their next two. But before we get to – but again, how beneficial was this singular win admits just a disaster of a season? I mean, a win is a win. I think that in comparison to even the men, we, you can see when a team starts losing a bunch, they lose confidence, they lose motivation. And this one win, I feel like, has kind of turned the season around for the team even if they're not winning the games anymore, they have something to hold on to, something to push them forward. And the win against Kentucky, while Kentucky isn't a top-ranked SEC team at all by any means, still it showed players start to step up and honestly like play better than they have all season, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those times where it was like, whoa, like it, it caught me off guard a little bit because of how kind of far this team has slid in the way of just like just nothing has gone well for this team at all um and you just didn't think that like anything would really come of it but no they, they actually took down Kentucky and we it was think they had it in them <laughs> no I did not uh, I, I'm gonna be honest and I, I don't think I'm alone necessarily in that but I mean a solid win you know a, solid win. a, a seven point win you can't complain about that at all um 43 rebounds. That's ridiculous. That was ridiculous. <laughs> to pull down that many boards was just not something I expected. Um, Never. I mean, it, I mean, a lot of it obviously kind of coming from the point that, like, only two players for Kentucky scored over double digits. Um, yeah. Like, they were kind of able to keep everybody at a, a nothing. Um, but... Hey, it's exactly kind of like what we talked on about last time, you know, um, Javin obviously getting over 20, but then Damari getting 16, Asia Avenger getting 14, um, Jordan Cole getting nine. Good for her. Um, like it was, it was a team effort with, with obviously Javin kind of leaving the way. So I think that's obviously the recipe for this team winning and finding success. And it obviously showed here. They need a leader, and I, I said this last time, too, because Javin stopped performing as she has, and this game against Kentucky was her first double-double since playing Alabama back in January, January 11th, so that's been, it's been a while for her, and, like, they need someone to step up and lead them so that everyone else will follow behind, and, like, even also besides having a leader like Javin, I found this game to be very fast-paced, which typically when I'm watching this team, they're very slow. They their passes their assists there's no steals everything's moving at a slow pace but this game they had like 10 steals and 12 fast break points I'm like where is this coming from why are we now moving at a fast pace and why haven't we been all season guys yeah yeah and of course they did they did follow up with some pretty not great losses to Mississippi State but then they played Vanderbilt pretty hard I mean 
it, it wasn't a bad loss like we've seen for a lot of this year. So maybe maybe things are kind of going on the up and up. Um, it's kind of like what you said. Like it feels like this team has a little bit of life again, which is just nice to see. I hope that that life doesn't get absolutely knocked out of them on Sunday when they play uh, South Carolina. Yeah, they got to play South Carolina, the number one team in the country. I doubt you're giving them much of a shot in that game. No, but I mean, maybe they'll use this little upward trend that they've got going on to give South Carolina a little, a little bit of a harder time than they would have had at this team at the beginning of the season. Yeah, maybe. Um, Gotta have some faith. I mean, may, maybe it won't be a 40-point loss. Maybe it'll be a 30. Uh, That's it, something. That I think, I think like, if you can do, like, a decent enough job here, like, I mean, like, you can get some confidence. You know, if, like, if, if this team only somehow finds a way to lose by, like, like eight to ten, I like, I would consider that a win. That is a win. That would be – I mean, that's probably – would be insane but they would need for that to happen they need Javin to continue to be leading Asia Damari Tanaya and even Jordan to actually score some points yeah get the rebounds play defense <laughs> get maybe get some steals that would be great again it's been a while prize themselves on assists so they need to be also passing the ball moving it around yeah but then we'll see and then we'll see and then you know what I mean Depending on how this game goes, I think that can affect that that can impact kind of the Ole Miss game to back to back road games. I mean, do you think they got maybe a shot against against the Rebels? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think that they have a shot of having of giving them a run for their money, but I don't think that they're gonna have. I don't think they're gonna win another game like that this season. I don't think it, they have it in the cards. Probably but not. They. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if Javin and Asia and Damari continue to score as they have been they'll maybe have a shot but we'll yeah see. I, the best the last game i could see them winning is maybe going on the road to vanderbilt and taking them down since that oh, game yeah. was so close i think that's the last shot i think they have it probably getting a win um but we'll talk about that more when we get closer to that game let's Fingers hop over crossed. to let's hop over to the men's team virginia because it's been a rough slide to say the least especially starting in that Alabama game, which was kind of like the last shot they had, I, I think, at making the tournament. What's gone wrong for them in, in these past few game stretch where they just can't find a buy a win? So much has gone wrong. And let's be real, I think that it goes back to the loss against Florida and the overtime loss on the road. And from then on, well, mainly after South Carolina, the team just gave up. They said, we don't see a tournament in the future. There is no reason for us to be crashing the board every time. There is no reason for us to drive. We're just going to chuck up threes. There's no reason for any of that to happen anymore. We are just going to give up. And I think that especially because something that this team has always done really well is the bench points. And when players like Jabri and Noah kind of struggled mid-season people like RJ Melendez and um, Blue Kane stepped up to fill that spot oh and Justin Hill but you haven't seen that mm -hmm. like since I RJ played the game of his career against Florida with 35 points earned him sort of st a starting spot after that but then he lost it yeah but then he lost that starting spot because he I when I see RJ I see him as a game changer for mm -hmm. us when he's playing well I see the team playing well, and that Florida game, 
I mean, it was like 105 to 98 or something like that, 104. That's such a high-scoring game, probably our most high-scoring all season. And after that, that loss for him, he's such an emotional player. I feel like he lost some motivation after that. And But even Alabama, like Florida, whatever, that happens, then Alabama. Y'all still have a shot. You could still do it. And two players either almost had a double-double or did have a double-double in Russell and RJ Melendez at that game, but they couldn't do it at a home home crowd. Yeah. And then they and they, they do the same thing in South Carolina where, like, I'm watching this team, I'm there, and I'm watching this team just have a really good first half, and then second half, they have no offense. They're not running anything. They stop sending screens. They can't hit a shot. They can't buy a bucket to save their lives. Like, it was a disaster, and I don't know what happened, but it was almost like this team kind of stopped adjusting. And, you know, like, I will give them this. They do fight harder than, like, a Tom Crean-level team does. Mm-hmm. You know, they do put in more effort than that. Like, we've seen, like, a 78-75 loss to Arkansas, and it was just another one of those games where it was, like, so close yet so far, but they just couldn't get it done. Um it's just it's tough to te- see this team slide when genuinely when you saw how good guys like Jabri were playing you're like oh this team has has a shot they've got aspirations and it's tough to see those kind of crumble it is it's just i can't even when i'm trying to pinpoint what's happening and what's going on because even south carolina whatever it was sloppy second half but then you get to games like mississippi state and arkansas where they like had the season high turnovers and then beat the season high turnovers in the next game it's like why aren't y'all holding the ball why exactly. can you suddenly not play basketball anymore I don't understand how it went downhill so fast and I mean I have to credit it to players like Justin and um RJ not stepping up anymore because that's the only difference like yeah players like Jabri and Noah are finally scoring in the 20s again. Yeah, they're 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 playing consistent. But then but they weren't mid-season mm-hmm. and everyone else was, but now they're the only ones playing consistent. Yeah. And it's like I don't have that. understand how one player who was not consistent all season now is and you all cannot. And players like Russell are also crucial because he has to at least make some of those layups, and he can't turn the ball over. No, he keeps doing – I mean, he, you can't keep your your seven-foot guy in the game. The only guy that you have above seven feet, you can't keep him in the game because he keeps turning the ball over, and he can't bring down a board consistently enough to make it worth it to keep him out there. Mm-hmm. And that's so brutal because, again, the only other guy you got that can play any center minutes really is Jalen DeLoach, and he's not a center. No, like, he's not. He's, he's a four. And it's one of those things that, like, you can't confidently put him under the basket like that because he can do his best, but he's not a center. So, like, when, when your center consistently turns the ball over, can't get rebounds, can't finish layups, it's just, like, it's brutal. It's not it's not what this team needs, and uh, it's one of those things that, gosh, it, it's why Russell Chiwa can be one of the most frustrating players on this team in my he mind. It is so frustrating. And to me, I think that... I mean, Dylan James is not a center. He's not. But I want him to be so bad because I think that he could go into that game if he was given more time to, you know, mature since Mm -hmm. he's only a freshman. But, like, seeing Russell in the Arkansas game have six turnovers and only ten points and four rebounds and then 
at some point he was taken out and Dylan went in and he had seven points already and three rebounds yeah no turnovers it's like at some point you got to make a decision that he can't be in the game he can't start Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous it just it's so tough like put him in for like five minutes let him get the tip off and then take him out for a little while because it's just tough because he's so just unreliable Mm -hmm. and you'll have moments where he has a double double and you're like oh awesome but then there's other moments where it's just a mess and it's and it's it's because of why it's because of guys like russell that rebounding has just been a mess and it's been so difficult that when blue cane you know, doesn't hit all of his threes because he can't hit three in a row every game. Like, you have nobody under the basket to pull down the board. No, and it's, I mean, you can't blame the loss of a championship or a tournament berth on one player. Exactly. But... It feels like sometimes, like, (laughs) Russell Chi was the reason. It feels like he could be. And maybe that's, but that's also a coaching thing, that he's starting so much and not being taken out, so... Yeah. It's tough. It, it's just so tough because they got nobody behind him. But mm. it's kind of like what you said. You know, it does. It does feel like the championship dreams are dead. I think they've lost too many of those games to really think that, you know, a uh, a March Madness berth is in the cards. But this team still is going to make the SEC tournament no matter what. They're going to be playing in that. They still have several games to play and several games that they can still win. You know, how does this team finish on a high note? Simply. They got to beat Florida on Saturday. I think the rivalry game, this is where I believe it all went downhill, is they lost the rivalry game and that they were so close to winning on the road. But now Florida's coming here. If Florida comes here and it's packed house and y'all beat the Florida Gators, how is that going to change the momentum for the rest of the season? Mm -hmm. Even though I don't think they have very many um, hard games tough games as they have i don't think they play alabama again Mm-mm. or anything like that it's really just auburn twice yeah it's auburn is the real one that's what i was gonna say and like having a chance at beating auburn the motivation has to come back but what beating auburn could improve those sec standings mm-hmm. going into the championship play especially since auburn just absolutely killed south carolina yeah. last night which was crazy but something like that could change the way that the season's going for them it could be key and if they can you know i think what they've got like four home games left something around that they got florida they got auburn they've got texas a&m ole miss and that's it so yeah four more Mm -hmm. they can go three and one in that stretch i think that's a success you know i think think if you can take down florida if you can as long as you can take down a&m and ole miss i think you take down those three teams i think you can walk away happy um definitely and especially at home like they've said all season the coaches and the players the home advantage that they have has improved significantly this year oh yeah and probably will it go downhill for these next few games probably but if they can again the team is so emotional in their play in my opinion and if they could get a good crowd at the games that they go to i think that that could be a real game changer for them. Yeah, I think it definitely could be big, and I think it could be exactly what this team needs, especially heading into SEC play and what, less than a month. Yeah, but coming up. Coming up. But either way, Virginia, I really appreciate you coming on, and thank you so much for joining me. Yep, thanks for having me. Next. Next. 
We'll welcome on Georgia hockey beat writer Owen McDaniel to talk about the hockey team's success and recent performances. Welcome on to the show, Owen. Thank you, Owen. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we've got a little bit of double Owen going on here. I think it's the first time we've gotten to do that, and uh, I'm ecstatic. I don't I, know about you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not very many Owens in general on this uh, in this world. So I was gonna say a little bit a little bit more of a low key name, and I'm I'm ecstatic that we've got two in the same presence uh, at once. Um, but Owen, obviously, um, you've been covering the hockey team uh, this semester. First semester, you, you've been with the Red and Black as a, as a lovely contributor, uh, and you've been doing a great job, first of all. Definitely go check out Owen's stuff if you get a chance. He's been covering the team uh, alongside Mia Fishman so well this semester. But let's go hop into it. This team has been kind of dominant all year. They've been winning a lot. One of the best teams in just the, the, the hockey south of, uh, out of any other team. Um, what has kind of been key to this team's success and what has kind of stood out about this team to you? I think for me, one of the major things that stood out is just their chemistry that they have with one another. Um, there's been, I, I just, I've been around the locker room when I've done interviews and stuff and just even on the ice, I can just see that these, these players have really bonded together and it, it really proves in the way it shows how in the way that they play. Um, and even like, you would think like they have they have guys from all over the U.S. like New York, uh, like the Long Island area, Minnesota, just everywhere. Um, but like I don't know, I think it it, it has to do with kind of um, Coach Camps his 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 coaching style. He's been able to just bring these guys together as a team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said it yourself. I mean, these guys are from several different states. I mean, you have some guys from Georgia, like David Eberle and, and like and stuff like that. But again, Long Beach, New York, Grafton, Massachusetts, like um, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Minnesota, Texas, Maryland. Like these guys are coming from all over to play for a club team. Like this isn't even a team that you get a scholarship for. All these guys are just here because either they're doing just basic journalism things or they're ba- doing their own um not journalism things they're doing their own majors like journalism mm-hmm. like uh, advertising like finance like econ like business management right they're here going here for school but at the same time they're they're these hockey players that are finding a ton of success on the ice um i just think it's really interesting um how successful a team can be despite it just being a club team and just grabbing guys. But they recruit, too, which I, is crazy. I was just about to add that. I've, I've talked to Coach Camp about that, and he, he does go. He, he'll go to tournaments around the nation. Like, he was talking about a tournament he went to in Colorado where he there was, like, this one player. I, can't, I don't remember which player he was talking about at, at, at this moment, but he, he, like, spotted this player on a team that was playing in a random tournament in Colorado, and he recruited him to come play for Georgia. Yeah, like, I think I think it might have been Robbie Whitwer, Whitwer right? That, Cause that, he's, yeah, that sounds right. Because he's, he's from Golden, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, he's been with this team, what, since he was a, like, since he was a freshman, I believe? So, mm-hmm. like, and he's a, he's a junior now, so. He's the captain. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of crazy, like, to see these guys, like, just stick around, you know, and, and, and stuff like that, and they bring them in. Um, but you just mentioned captains, right? You just kind of mentioned that there's a lot of seniors and there's a lot of upperclassmen on this team. Um, last year was a younger team. You know, a lot of those guys are now older. Um, there's a lot of seniors, a lot of juniors on this group. You know, who are some of those older guys that really stand out? And who are some of those captains that really kind of are super crucial for this hockey team to succeed? So I would say um, this is one that's 
fairly obvious um, if you if you watch a lot of the UGA hockey. Um, but Josh Mazeros, he's I believe one of the assistant captains, um, and he he's a senior and he's just been outstanding this year. He's he leads the team in points, and I believe he's he's one behind the the leader of the whole conference in points. Um, and I mean, he's just been he's like he has just like this playmaking ability that it's it's almost indescribable. I have a hard time when I'm writing my articles describing all the different movements he makes on the ice because he is just yeah I mean he, he's incredible and he's also been this is something I wrote about um in in, in a, a sidebar I did on uh, Ryan Bailey but he's been influential in Ryan Bailey's success and kind of his whole integration into this um UGA team because this is Bailey's first half season with the dogs after transferring in those two guys grew up together playing youth hockey and they have like they have some really crazy chemistry like i i want to say i don't i don't have a specific stat for this but i was looking at like goal contributions um with Mizeros and bailey and there's already been like seven or eight times where Mizeros has assisted bailey bailey has assisted Mizeros, or they've both been involved on an assist or, like uh, yeah he's he's just been great and uh along with him i would also say Layden Poole. um He's a he's a defenseman for the for the Ice Dogs and um it's it's a little bit harder to like pull stats for defensemen but um f- for him just based off of what I see when I when I watch him play he just he plays very very hard um and he he also has like very good vision for a defenseman like just finding the right pass to make in all situations um and one thing I I also really love about him is He's an incredible teammate. He's always standing up for his guys. If someone takes a late hit or something, he'll go and get them. <laughs> that's that's what you need from your defenseman, just to be just to be willing to just punch a guy in the face. <laughs> you know, like I mean, hey, because you got to think like they're only really getting they're only really finding the puck. You know, to clear it. You know, they're mm-hmm. not they're not going for those score opportunities and stuff like that. So like, obviously, when you get an opportunity to fight somebody. When you're a defenseman, I feel like that's kind of what you've been waiting for all game. So I'm sure that's Leighton Poole's, like, he, he's he's kind of almost rubbing his hands together waiting for somebody to, to make one errant move against a teammate so he can, he can go and defend them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, all, all great picks. Um, again, other, like, senior. I know, like, David Eberle and Dylan Spicer, those two guys have been pretty key for this team and stuff like that. Um, Obviously, Josh and and then Nick Newbold uh, mm-hmm. and, and Goal uh, alongside Junior Ryan Testino. Those guys kind of rotate they every do. so often. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a really good senior group. I think all of those guys contribute at a pretty high level. So um, that's why I thought it was really impressive to highlight all those guys because they were all juniors and it was a really big junior class and now it's a really big senior class. So a lot of really good talented players coming from that group. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Ryan Bailey. A guy you mentioned who's who's a sophomore in, in college. There's also a lot of younger guys still making impacts alongside Bailey. You know, who are some of those younger guys, um, either you know juniors or, or or below, that are really making an impact for this team and could in the near future? Yeah. So you, you mentioned like there is like kind of a, a bigger senior class this year, but the good news is that there's a lot of guys that are going to fill their shoes when these guys go on and graduate. Um, and I think the most notable, in my opinion, would be um, uh, James Hedquist. He's he's a freshman, and he's honestly he's the only freshman that gets like 
major playing time, and it's for good reason. He is, um, I believe he's tied for fourth on the team in, in points so far, and he just has, like, he has this knack for, like, positioning in front of the goal. Like, he's always, he's I, I can't explain it. he's just always there for the rebound goals and um, for when someone, like, skates around the net he's there for the the pass in front he's just he he is a yeah like i said he's just he has a knack for that um and then someone else that's also been um really great that i think has a a a a very bright future for us is um uh declan conway um he's he's a sophomore i believe um but i've talked to coach camp about him and coach camp has just gone on and on about like so how much of a bright future conway has and um, he's a guy who um, he is second in the team in points. So doing that as a sophomore is just, um, I mean, I think that just speaks to um, the potential that he has um, going forward. Yeah, yeah. Declan, um, another guy from New York. Mm-hmm. So another of these guys just coming from, from nowhere. He was less of nowhere, more of just these crazy places. Um, th- this was a guy that was starting as a freshman last year. So this was a guy that, I remember seeing and like, oh, this is this is gonna be an impressive player. Um, you knew that kind of from the jump, um, and he's continuing to do that. Um, another one I wanted to mention, Truman Haugen. Mm-hmm. That's a defensive. That's a defenseman that's been playing kind of immediately, and and will probably take some some a lot more uh, responsibility once Layton kind of moves on. But that's a guy that's already been impactful. Another sophomore there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a lot of really good, uh, a lot of good sophomores. Dylan Punzenberger, I feel like, is another guy that has been really impressive. Is kind of like almost like a defensive forward a little bit. Um, kind of a guy that uh, a good like best way I would describe it is kind of like a midfielding yeah. forward, yeah. And, like kind of compare it to like soccer a little bit. Um, he's he's done really good in that role. So, um, um, and, and I would just add like I feel like a lot of these guys, um, it's it's it it's a very good situation for coach camp because a lot of these guys, like he can just switch them in. He can put them in the first line. He yeah. Can, he can put them wherever he wants, um, whichever line he wants and they'll go in and they'll, they'll perform just like, uh, like, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it creates a really deep rotation mm-hmm. is where you've got all this senior leadership out there that you can play, but then you can also have all these sophomore guys and junior guys kind of either out there on the ice with them or willing to hop in and, and kind of rotate. So it gives them a really deep rotation, which um, I don't know about you, but I think has been really beneficial for this team's success. Mm-hmm. Um, but Obviously, you know, it hasn't been a perfect season. They, they didn't go undefeated or anything like that. There's been plenty of blunders. Most recently was a, a pretty tough loss uh, to Tampa uh, in the playoffs. I think that's the worst loss uh, they've seen this season um, where they lost 7-1. to um, In moments like that game as well as the couple times where they have lost, um, and it is a couple of times, they, they, they have, they've had a pretty good winning track. Um, when, when they do fall, you know, when they do kind of – have a slip up. What is the reason for that? You know, what has this team kind of struggled with um, at times during this season, especially most recently um, in the College Hockey South Championships? Yeah, so I would say one thing I've seen that they've they've really struggled with is um, just responding to adversity. I think the fact that they, I mean, they're they're seventeen six and one, so they're not often in those situations where they have to respond to adversity, and I think that has kind of come back and um hurt them a little bit um i definitely saw that in in that tampa game they 
Um, they did they did score the the first goal of the game, but um, they quickly gave up two, and it just seemed like they didn't have the the right mentality to get back into the game. And then that also led into another issue that I've seen with them is um, just lack of discipline, um, especially when it comes to penalties. Um, in that in that Tampa game they had uh, like nine or ten penalties across the whole game and like s- several of those came in the second period and Tampa scored five goals in the second period um so I think it, a lot of it is really just mental I wouldn't say there's that much of like a physical or a tactical issue with the team um it's just like being able to lock in um in those situations um but I do I did I did just say there's not really much of a tactical issue but there's there's one thing that um has kind of stood out to me um that I think they could do a little bit better at is um when they're attacking they often um push a little too far up like they they get a little too um aggressive where like there'll be three guys pushed like all the way up like almost like level with the other team's net and so that that puts them they it really exposes them if they if they do turn the puck over because then it, it sets the other team often on like a, a three on two four on two maybe even like a three on one um and yeah just puts them in really vulnerable situations and um we saw that in the tampa game and also in um the auburn game that they lost uh, like two or three weeks ago yeah, I, I think it's kind of that over-aggressiveness. And that's kind of been John Camp's style always, is, mm-hmm. is that kind of they're going to push the puck forward. Um, and, and kind of at the collegiate level, that's kind of what you need to do. Um, just because, like any collegiate sport, they're traditionally a lot more high-scoring uh, than anything else. Um, you're not really seeing these tight games until, honestly, you get into like postseason play, which we've we've obviously started entering. Um I think John Camp is just an aggressive dude, so I think that's just going to keep happening uh, until they can kind of figure out a little bit better of a balance. Um, but it does feel like this team has a tendency to shut down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they took an early lead and then they just shut down, especially after that second period. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to necessarily call that game in like an anomaly, um, but I would say like it. Well, I, well, okay. I don't want to call it a fluke. It yeah. kind of is an anomaly in terms of like how much they lost by. But I would like I will say like it kind of just snowballed in that second period. I don't think if you played the game over again, I it might don't not think, be that bad. Yeah, it would be that bad. They could even go and win that game. It's just um, like I said, they just they could not. They just did not respond to the adversity well. They got some um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Um, like ten the, the ten minute majors, um, and it just yeah it just all crumpled there. Yeah, you, you, just, you just can't be doing that. That's that's one of those things that I think Camp needs to kind of probably reel in a little bit more. Um, but speaking of Camp, um, obviously we talked about I think that we think he does really good on the recruiting trail and stuff like that. Um, but of course he does have his blunders and stuff like that. Um, what does what in your eyes you know as a head coach? He's been with the team for seven years now. What does he do really well? And then what do you think that he kind of struggles with as a head coach and, and, and needs to refine? Um, you know, what what are those kind of things that you would like to see either more out of him or that you would want to see him continue doing that he's consistently doing well for this team? Yeah, so I'll give you I'll give you one on ice and one off ice example for what I think he does well. So 
on the ice, I think he's great at um, just making adjustments within within the game, and especially like um, in between periods. I I can I can tell a big difference between like the first period and the second period, especially if they if they come out in the first period and they're like making the same mistake over and over. Like for example, in um this in the Auburn game a couple weeks ago, they were um they were getting a little too cute offensively they were making too many extra passes where they should have just been getting shots off when they could have and I could like I I made a mental note of that watching the game and then in the second period it was like night and day they were just hammering shots away away and I talked to camp after the game and I was like is that something that you talked to them in the locker room about and he's like yeah like they were they were getting way too cute and we like we lit into them (laughs) um so I think that's that's one thing that he definitely does well and Another thing is just, um, I would say is like just letting his his players know that he believes in them. I think he's he's done a good job of like giving almost all of the players like their like an opportunity to prove themselves, and I've seen that especially with Ryan Testino and Nick Newbold in goal. I mean, obviously you want to rotate your goalies a little bit so that one doesn't get too tired, but he's he's given both of them the chance to really like fight out for that, for that, that starting goalie position. Um, and even when a guy has a, a bad game where he gives up six, seven goals, it's not like he just gives up on them for the rest of the season. He like, um, I think he, he just, he's, just, he's really good at um, helping the players um, boost, like boost their confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like things that I think he um, could do better, I would say, this is this is a tough one, but within within the game, just expecting the unexpected. I think there's he gets very caught up with his specific game plan that he has, and sometimes things don't go their way, their way, whether it be officiating or just a certain player for the other team is having an incredible game or something. And I think he doesn't do a, a good enough job of um, just adjusting the game plan to um, take take account of take account for those situations yeah yeah i i would agree with all that i i think those are points that are, that are all good um i mean hey he's been doing this for seven years and, and this team has been consistently good for those seven years you can't complain about much but there's mm-hmm. always there's always the nitpicky things that yeah. you can kind of get after a guy for but as uh, honestly as journalists that's kind of our job is <laughs> to be needlessly nitpicky um but beyond john camp and the rest of this team Let's take a look at what's up next because it's only two more tournaments, right? It's we've got the AAU College Hockey Nationals and the SEC HC tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Really, what are the 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 team's chances in these tournaments? You know, what do you, what do you think of kind of their ability to to go far, and what does this team kind of need to refine on in practice leading up uh, to these tournaments in about a month? Um. So, well, I mean, I mentioned a couple of things that I said I, I thought they, they weren't doing super well, mm-hmm. um, especially I think that what I'd been saying about taking more shots, that's one thing that I want to see them do um, in when they uh, compete in these tournaments. Um, but I think that, um, honestly, it, it'll more have to do with just what I was saying about, the, like, focusing in mentally and um, overcoming those um, those barriers. 
Um, and I think if they're able to do that, they can compete with any team in, in AAU D1. Like, um, it, it'll be tricky, especially nationals. But they'll be tricky because just the element of the unknown, you, you, a lot of these teams you haven't faced all year. And so you don't necessarily know what to expect. But I, it'll honestly come down to which, which UGA team shows up. Will it be the team that went and won the Savannah Hockey Classic Championship? Um, or will it be the team that showed up against Tampa and lost seven to one? Um, so yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think they got a shot in both of these, mm-hmm. um, and I think obviously Nationals is going to be big on um, the, the 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 final tournament of the year. Um, but we know what this team is capable of. We know that this team is capable of really good things. We know that Camp is capable of bringing home titles for this team and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's exactly as you said. I think it, it's just going to depend on the day. It depends on what team shows up, um, and if they can prevent seven to one losses going forward. Um, but I'm excited to see how they bounce back from this loss because I mean, a seven to one loss in a championship game is not a fun game to have to go home on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it should be fun. But yeah, um, I mean, they've I think they've showed just throughout this season that. Um, they they do a good job of just flushing those losses down the drain, just resetting their minds. And even like in a, like a series that they play on the weekend, they'll lose the first game and then come back the second game and just wash the other team. So, um, yeah, I think it, it'll be, a, it'll be a really exciting two tournaments for them. Um, and I think coach camp will, will have the team prepared for, for these tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we're in agreement. I think this team can make a pretty good push in the in these, and it'll be a fun end of the season, Owen. Um, but either way, I really appreciate you joining me to talk some hockey. Hopefully, we'll recap how this team does uh, after these uh, tournaments in March and, and around April. But until then, thank you so much for coming on the show, Owen. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Owen Warden. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at redandblack.com. For even more Georgia sports coverage, visit redandblack.com slash sports. We'll tee it up between the headphones again next week.